2: Welcome to the World of Martial Arts Television Podcast. We're back. And this episode, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about goal setting in martial arts. Nathan, first time you ever set a goal in martial arts and why? Uh,
1: it would have been in my karate days. And it probably it was probably the first grading. I was probably looking forward to the first grading and trying to achieve that first belt. Um, it probably wasn't a technical thing in any way, shape or form it was having that that's like external validation like i knew that goal was coming up and every and also you're surrounded by people who are also training for that as well so everyone's everyone's looking forward to that date everyone's training for it you're being told what you need to do uh to achieve that that grade so for me it was probably yeah looking for that first belt in karate in shotokan back in the 80s kirk yeah you know it's funny i was trying to think of the very first one and the I think the
0: first one that pops into mind, my dad was my first martial art teacher, <clears throat> excuse me, he was a judo guy. And so I was trying to learn just to like a basic hip throw. And that took me forever, especially because I was five and he was my age. So it's hard to throw somebody and, you know, judo works, by the way, you could can, still can't figure it out, but with that height and size difference, you know, trying to uh, manage that thing. So I remember that being a big deal to me, trying to get that down. Um, but the actual first thing that jumped into my head was um, I was so like obsessed with the karate kid that I wanted to learn from one of the people in the movie. Right. And that, like, you know, five, six years old. One day this is going to be kind of a bucket list thing. You know, um, It was a huge deal to me. One day I'm going to learn from one of these guys. And during the quarantine, during the pandemic, I got to do that uh, virtually. So it took me. Whatever 30 35 years something like that to to accomplish that goal, but I actually pulled that off, which is kind of cool. I hadn't really thought about that aspect of it till you asked, so that's cool.
2: My goal, first of all, my goal setting was um, it's pretty hard. hard to say this because it's confession time. Uh, it was easy. I was I had a hit list of people that I was going to batter the heads off the minute I had even half half the skills I needed. And then, obviously, when I got into karate and I saw the karate kid, do you know what my first goal was? To date a cheerleader like Elizabeth Shue. That is how lame I am, right? And I really, really wanted that. And then, if you want to know, this is this a curl cur- like this? Um, my my next goal literally was to meet Danny O'Santo because I was, as said, I was never a Bruce Lee fan. But I saw that Way of the Warrior show once. And I was like, and that, yeah, because it was back in the day where it was like, boxers don't train with karate guys. And it was that whole, you know, oh, one of your mates, he was a black belt, he got beat up. And then the next one was, yeah, but he didn't get time to take his shoes off. And you're like, what? What the actual fuck? What? And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, because he was wearing his shoes. He couldn't really fight. So he drains in bare feet. And even I, back in the 80s, like 1986, 87, I was going. Like, this smells suspiciously like bullshit to me. And then I saw Danny O'Santo, and I saw that, and that was it. So, like the thing is, my first goal was like yourself, Kurt. It was it was amazing that it actually, you know, that it actually came to fruition. And what I found is I've had to do goal setting, but the goal setting is, it's changed a little bit. Sometimes it's just am I able to pull off this certain sweep? And it's nothing big. It certainly isn't any of this. I'm going to be able to you know, get my next belt or a next stripe. It's literally, am I able to pull off like a half-guard sweep? So guys, Nathan Leverton, what you said? Yeah, that,
1: see that's, Mick, that's exactly what I was gonna ask. I was gonna say like, how has your goal setting changed over the years and during your journey? Because I remember when mine was about my own training and then it became about other people's training, then it became about like keeping the business running, um, the goals that I've had around martial arts have changed drastically over the years from yeah, being able to like, you know, tap a certain person out or catch a move or hit something in competition or anything like that through to like, you know, paying the bills at the gym. You know, it does, you know, and then in between that, there's the goals of getting students to achieve the things that they want to achieve and helping them set their goals and achieve their goals. And I was just, I just wondered about that journey with you guys and how your goals have changed over the years. Can I ask you a question on that? Yeah, Uh, of
0: course. it's, I think it's a, that's an interesting point. I I think we both can relate and agree with that, that idea that, you know, as we age, as we mature, as we mature in the art and then become teachers and maybe business owners, your goals, your priorities have to shift, especially as a business owner. That's just, that's something you have to give a lot of attention to um so that's a martial art like related goal and I think that's sort of how you phrased it do you still um find that you're setting goals for yourself as far as the training goes or as far as the, you know like I know we all maybe don't train as much as we would like to because our priority is our students and all these different things but I wonder in this conversation it's making me think if goal setting is not a good hack for some of us to make sure we're still plugging along we're still growing uh individually in the practice as well
1: yeah i don't think i have any goals myself with my own training anymore i think it's nearly all focused around coaching other people and keeping the business running so that other people can achieve their goals in martial arts um it just it can you know that that side of things takes over your life a little bit you know we all fall into this thing where we've got we might have the skills as a martial artist but then we have to develop the skills of dealing with like finances and marketing and all these other things and that kind of stuff and um and yeah you can obviously there are companies that can help you do all that stuff and achieve those goals but they're usually i've always found they're focused around like kids and marketing traditional martial arts to kids so because i kind of had to do things myself i ended up just setting the goals around you know keeping the gym going and keeping people in there and keeping people training and helping them achieve their training or composition goals um it's funny like because i used to train competitors i went through a whole period of these like you know it's all about the smart goals like making things specific and measurable and you know uh, attainable and realistic and time related and all those kind of things you have these acronyms to make goals um more productive when i was training people mostly just to compete we did a lot of that we talked about those kind of goals and it was all about in the training about being able to achieve stuff in training uh, I find I don't do that so much anymore with the regular people. I don't know. I find maybe sometimes goal setting takes away from being in the moment a little bit and perhaps giving people too much pressure, like goals can put pressure on them. So I used to really talk about like when I had people who just wanted to compete, that's all they wanted to do in their career. They were totally into talking about goals, but I find the regular Joes who just come in and do a bit of training it, that can even put them off because they just their goal is just to enjoy the session, maybe. Um, I don't know what you've found with like setting goals for your students. Like, do you like talk to them about their goals or do you just kind of let them train? I don't know. What do what you guys do? What I was gonna, tr- you know, kind of talk about
0: <clears throat> because I don't train fighters, there's no, and because we don't necessarily we're working on one actually, but we don't have like a belt system or anything. Um, and even as a JKD or more specifically as an MKG school, I think this is part of what we do. The there's no real like objective for the training, you know, which is to say, like when you think of the word training, you're training for something. And so the question it begs the question of, well, what are you training for? You know, are you training for a competition for a fight? <clears throat> are you training for an imaginary potential self defense situation? And and yeah, I, what I like about our training is I think. It, what we do can be applied into any of those categories. But generally speaking, my answer to that hypothetical question is we're training for the sake of training. We're training for the love of training, which is what you're talking about, you know, with your guys that are not competitors, giving them goals or trying to encourage setting goals. Yeah, I think sometimes takes away from that. Sometimes I, I almost envy people that are training towards an objective because they have a thing that they're shooting towards. I've got a fight coming up and win or lose, I'm gonna go there, I'm gonna do the thing. And then there's maybe some sense of like relief or decompression or whatever after the fact. You know, you did it, hopefully you win. And if you didn't, you still did the thing, you know. And I always tell my students, I'm like, you know, if you're if you're hoping to have this big accomplishing aha situation come up you picked the wrong art because this is just, you know, like you're never going to get it in air quotes. You're never going to know the whole thing. It just keeps going on forever. And that's the beauty of it is it's a personal practice. It's about personal development and exploration and um, learning about different things and people and cultures through the practice. And so the goal, it's sort of like the, um, Oh, like the, uh, what's the expression I'm thinking of? Like the journey is the destination, right? So the actual act of doing it is the goal. The goal is walking through the door for the first time. For a lot of my people, that's the biggest thing is they worked up the nerve to actually step on the mat. That's goal accomplished.
1: Is that something you actually express to the class like do you talk to them about the actual goal of this is being in the moment enjoying this session enjoying the journey um because maybe that's something that actually should be expressed to them a little bit more Uh, personally i do probably an annoying
0: amount you know (laughs) they're probably yeah we get it man all right it's mindfulness can we just work out you know um but absolutely because that's a big deal to me personally um i mean that not being like self-promoting, but the TED talk, TEDx talk that I did is about exactly this sort of subject, you know, and the idea of um, just, again, the courage to step on the mat for the first time being the thing, you know, the fact that you're here is the objective, the fact that you're here is the victory is another better way to say that. Um, And so I always try to shine light on that. And especially if somebody comes in for their first day and we have a really big workout, one big thing I always try to tell them is, you know, you showed up on a day where we're going heavier than we maybe even usually do. You were not primed for this. You weren't prepared. You know, you had no idea what you're walking into. You've never thrown a punch before, blah, 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 blah. Now we're asking you to have this massive amount of output. Even if you never come back through the doors, right? Even if you never come back, this was too much. Remember that violence happens when you're not prepared, when you're not anticipating it, when you had something else on your mind, when you weren't sure what to expect, blah, 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 blah. And you came in here and you did it, right? You had that high level of output. So you can take that with you inside and know that, hey, look, if something kicks off, I got a lot in, in the tank here. I got a lot I can put out. Um, so we do try to fold those messages in all the time along the way. The idea that uh, the experience of this is the the jam inside the donut, you know what I mean? And the rest of it is just cool frosting. I don't know. Well,
1: as usual, <laughs> as you were talking about that, I was writing some of that down because there were, I think there's two couple of things you did there for them. I know we've kind of gone off and go say in a bit, we can come back, but you managed expectations and then you contextualize what they were going to experience and that's probably better for that person than actually doing given setting them a goal like you know getting them in the right headspace uh so that they can experience it and get the most out of it and then contextualize it as well is uh, i'm writing better. this one <laughs> you said manage yeah. expectations
0: and contextualize uh, experience right
2: okay. I, awesome boys is it's so funny just as I was listening to that because obviously uh, myself and Kurt have talked about this uh, a few times. Um, the MKG method, we don't really do the belts thing. So the problem is when they come in, they go, so what am I going to get at the end of all of this? And I'm like, I would like peace, tranquility, a good feeling of self. And they're like, yeah, but a belt. And then I was like, that's why I brought in a grading system for me. But the crazy thing is um Because I've totally embraced jujitsu, the belt is everything to me now. Because it's that whole thing, you know yourself, Nathan. It's supposed to be just a piece of piece of material around your waist, but unfortunately, in jujitsu, it's way more than that. You know, because not only you're representing not just whoever gave you the belt, but the guys that you're training with at the time, and there's that whole like I know Kurt loves the tribe mentality, right? And the thing is, when we do that, you're literally putting yourself out there. I'm going to quote the Jeff Thompson line here, where Jeff used to say, you know, stick your head over the parapet wall. You're always going to get critics. But the critic's always the guy who's never doing it, right? And I've noticed myself recently, uh, especially when it comes to the goal-setting thing, I feel quite bad about this because I'm telling guys to just embrace the process, turn up, do the training, don't worry about the external plaudits and everything like that. While me being the biggest hypocritical bastard on the planet is going, Yeah, but I'm chasing that black belt, boys. I hope you realize that. And which is the truth, because unfortunately, jujitsu is one of those arts that you have to be really, really selfish about. So I'm finding it's very yin and yang. And I don't want to say hypocritical, but I am. Because the thing is, it's like I'm saying to everyone else, embrace the process. You know, it's not the destination, it's the journey. While with me, I'm literally fast-tracking, balls out, the brakes aren't coming on now until I get my black belt. So, Nathan, you were just about to say something.
1: Yeah. Um, I, think, I think we've probably all been through the whole goal-setting thing of where you learn about breaking down big goals into smaller goals and and how to achieve them and, you know, so, you know being um, – you know having people that you're responsible to so you can you know they can check in on whether you're doing the goals and we've all done all that and i got to admit like after the time i just kind of moved away from it and left it and haven't really been back to to goal setting that much but i did watch a video um i can't remember who the guy was it was some tech bro doing a talk uh, and it was like a a TEDx kind of talk um and he had a method and i've got to admit i've used it with my guys recently and i thought it was really interesting and it kind of it brings together some of the stuff that we like about martial arts. So his idea is very simple. You get a piece of paper and you draw three columns. So two lines, you've got three columns. The first one is experiences. The second one is growth. And the third one is contributions. So in the first column, you write all the experiences that you want to have. And obviously in martial arts, that's the things that have meant the most to us, the experiences we have, the places we've been, the people we've trained with, the people we've met, you know, uh, you put all your experiences in that first column. And then the second column, you put the growth. What growth do you need to do? What skills do you need to learn? What actions do you need to take? What do you need to do to make those experiences occur? And then the third one is, why are you doing that? What contributions can you do? Like, What can you give back as you do it? And uh, he was saying in his business, he has them, you know fill these out all the experiences they want to have all the growth they need to do and all the contributions they can give and then they all put them up on a wall and they look and they see if they could help each other out with any areas of growth or contribution and things like that and um i found that actually speaks more to me than the traditional goal setting of like i want to win this tournament i have to break it down into these or want to you know achieve this belt and break it down, is actually the experiences are the big thing that we, we take from this.
0: Yeah, I, I really like that. I definitely wrote that down too, even made the chart. Um, because it feels, to me, you reference goals sometimes applying a sense of pressure. And I and generally speaking have a hard time with some of that. And so sometimes goals feel, you know, like a lot of the, the stuff that you are talking about where it's sort of, here's how to achieve your goals. It's very formulaic, right? And it feels—it's um, just not organic. It's It doesn't feel natural. It's sort of like—I um, don't know. I mean, I, I like a good hack or a good cheat code, but it's just—it def- doesn't feel natural to me in that way. Where this is just actually putting everything up on the wall and looking at, oh yeah, this is this is me in front of me. You know what I mean? I can kind of quantify it if I need to, but otherwise this gives you a clear, it's just like a practice of of introspection really. And the part that's fascinating is the shared aspect of it. Okay, look, you know, this is your goal. I know how to do that. Even with my own students, I bet there's personal and professional projects or creative projects that they could help each other with that have nothing to do with martial art. Um, I always think in terms of like, I like objectives rather than goals. Right, which is maybe semantics, but you know, I think of like objectives, goals, and dreams being maybe three different categories. So like a goal is something really specific. I want to be able to lift uh, this amount of weight. I want to be able to get a black belt. I want, you know what I mean? Whatever. It's a really specific thing. Dream is maybe the opposite of that. It's maybe very abstract or very big and grandiose. Where objectives is like, you know, I want to grapple more. You know, I want to like take more time for myself, even though I've got three kids now to get on the mat as much as possible. And when I'm there, I want to try to work this body of material as much as I can. You know what I mean? So it's a little more loose. It's a little more go with the flow and it suits my lifestyle that I'm in right now, you know, as a a father of, of three young kids and that kind of thing. So that I can kind of keep that in mind and go, look, every time I'm at the gym, I'm going to try to do a couple of these, these objectives, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to make sure I get my students to be able to do X, Y, Z, and I'm going to make a little bit of time for myself to do this thing as well. And then that's great. As opposed to everything is always in, you know, in the direction of this potential future goal and nothing is really in the moment. Well, what happens if life gets in the way and you don't reach that goal? We see a lot of preaching of, you know, if you really care, then you show up, you know, if it really, you know you'll skip a meal or skip out on your family if you have to because if you really care you know like i don't buy that i don't subscribe to that that doesn't work for me um and i don't i don't think my family would want to be around that dude if i was that way too much you know
1: but having well, sorry, sorry you know, to interrupt there yeah but no get into it as you were talking about it, it just made me laugh because like, you know, owning a business and being around martial arts, you always get hit with all the entrepreneur kind of stuff and business kind of stuff. And it's always like morning routines. And, you know, like, and uh, when I've seen stuff about goal setting and objectives, it there's very little flexibility. And it's nearly always aimed at, like, Twenty-year-old athlete who's professional with no kids, no like, you know, no no responsibilities, nothing, and you just like, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, if you want to achieve your your this the goals, you need to get up at four a.m. and do this and do this and meditate for half an hour and do this, and it's like it's either like tech bros who are like millionaires, um, or it's like you know professional athletes who are like twenty and have no health issues or anything. Yeah,
0: post a picture of your watch at four in the morning so everyone knows
1: how dedicated you are. And all yeah, you have that, to do, that kind and of stuff. Yeah, it's like when when your plans hit real life, they a real yeah, life well, has to fuck it, shit up a bit. For this thing of like, all you have
0: to do is choose, right? Just make a choice, and you'll do it. And I'm sorry, it's just not that simple. You know, if it's that simple for the individual, God bless you. That's awesome. You know what I mean? But assuring for me, as we age and mature, the idea that um, our priorities shift, or you know, probably have to shift, or dare I say, should shift over time. Um, And I had never thought of it till this conversation, but I think the change in priorities is specifically what impacts personally, the goals that I'm after. Um, And I wonder if it's not a good practice for somebody trying to reach their goals to actually stop ahead of time and take a look at what their priorities are, whether it's around that activity or just in their life in general, which is probably more to my point. Um, And then go, okay, now that I have a good sense of what really matters to me, what are my goals? As opposed to if you're like me, I'm impulsive. One night my goal is to become a coach in this thing. The other night my goal is to get a degree in this thing. The other now my goal is to be on a TV show. And now my goal is to get a good night's rest. You know what I mean? It's like so if I stop and go, Yeah, but okay, what really matters to you now? Go forward
1: from there. Uh, and I just would be curious to hear your take on that. Life getting in the way of some of the goals that I wanted to achieve. I feel that knocked it out of me a little bit so I did shift my goals probably to safer stuff and to things that allow me to just maintain where I'm at so a lot of my goals now are about like just maintaining the business and like keeping financially afloat and that kind of thing rather than the kind of goals I would have had before about for my own training or uh, doing something much bigger um I think as you get older I don't know like how you've you know, I mean, it's probably awful for me to say, but I feel like you're running out, run out of time a bit. So you don't, I don't, I don't think now like about starting some massive projects because it's like, well, I don't, you know, if it takes a long while and a couple of goes to do it, it's probably going to be, you know, I'm going to be getting older when I'm actually when it starts to peak. So I don't, I don't, I don't think about taking on massive stuff anymore. Um, but see, isn't this interesting? Because then. You know, like we
0: can hear what some of your priorities are. Your priority is stability, or priority is not to put words in your mouth or like psychoanalyze you, but you're talking about. Oh st- no, a
1: hundred percent stability security
0: is Sorry. is what I crave. Yeah, <laughs> but but you know, for your business, for yourself, that kind of thing. Conversely, and problem, I'm sure to a fault. I tend to go. I'm running out of time. I'm 40 now. You know whatever big project i want to do it's go time so let's start six of them right now because you know what i mean and probably not be able to accomplish any of them for that reason but seeing experiencing that <laughs> sense of pressure uh in a different way means we have slightly different priorities through that experience right so how, how are we going to shift this to the advice to the younger self um I'll what well, off the top of my head, we're talking about how, as you age, grow, have new experiences, your priorities and your goals shift. Yeah. Looking back at that self with what you know, now, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I tend to, to maybe, um, it's probably a bit, um, well, it's self-indulgent, but it's, it's maybe kind of negative, but I sometimes do this thing of thinking of like, if I'm like old on my deathbed, looking back at me now, you know what would i think what would i be like oh man you know you really missed it you should have spent more time with these people that sort of yeah, stuff all yeah. you know, that like um hindsight in the moment sort of thing um and so, so maybe you can then use that to set goals to do the th- those things like you know right right uh, sometimes your goals when you're in pursuit of your goal you kind of realize that especially once you get it, it's maybe not what you actually wanted. Or along the way, as you pursue it, you start to realize, you know, maybe this is it's in the area of what I want. But come to find out really, this version of it is a little more suited to where I'm at today, that kind of thing. Um, What what's your your feeling or experiences you had with being too rigid in achieving your goals or trying to make sure you stay a little more open to the experience?
2: life is what happens when you life is what happens when you're too busy making plans right you have these goals um and if you're not again i'm going to use a very very uh, hip sort of phrase at the moment which is behavioral flexibility right if you haven't got behavioral flexibility um especially in martial arts and i don't i certainly don't want to sound judgmental but it, 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 we all know it, right? If I say if I say this stereotypical martial artist who's on his third or fourth marriage, right? And you look at that guy, and you go, yeah. Do you know what that is? Because that showed you didn't have any behavioral flexibility when it came to, should you be training? Shouldn't you? I remember years ago, Terry Barnett saying to me once about how one of the things that he was really, really, uh, he, it was a gr- didn't have many regrets, but one of them was, that you just train too much, you know, at the cost of other relationships. And I remember like I was deep into martial arts at this stage. I just really got my foothold in the JKD world. And I'm like, there is nothing that's gonna get between me and going to Minneapolis every year. So there was years I went there where really, I shouldn't have gone to tell you nothing but the truth. And I'm not saying that it was a, you know, I'm not saying that financially we weren't in a good place to be there, but the thing is, there was other things I could have done with the money. You know what I'm saying? But I was selfish about it. And this is the thing that always gets me about martial arts, yeah? Anybody who's successful, they always say, that, and again, it, that varying degrees of, uh, you know, from Goggins to a pound land Goggins. You know what I mean? So you got the guy who's like, Goggins on a budget. Well, if you really want it, how much do you really want it? And then it's like, yeah, but I don't really want to go home and eat a menu master meal for one every night on my own because guess what? My last three girlfriends have left me. So, what the situation is is where you were asking about goal setting. I've had to really, really get myself recently, and you know, just check myself because sometimes I have put training before more important things. You know, what I mean, and for what reason? You know, I'm a, I'm a hobbyist, really. And I'm quite good, but I'm only good for a hobbyist. And it's like, are you prepared to risk all of that? And that's the thing that I'm seeing, especially guys that said, I'm a few years older than you guys. So when we were talking about, you know, where you said, Nathan, I'm at that point now and I realize, you know, that I'm running out of time. And as I said to you, I realize I'm running out of time. So that's why I'm doing everything. You know what I mean? So I'm not ready to be a guy eating Werther's originals. And, you know, like I'm not ready for that just yet. And when I do, I hope to God, now this sounds really bad, but I hope to God that I will be uh, tranquil enough and at peace with myself enough to not go for Ernest Hemingway and be 62 years of age and still think that I'm 40, you know what I mean? But that's that's the thing that I'm learning in martial arts now, more than anything. So it's, uh, the goal set has had to completely change. Now perfect. it's the Danny Nassanto, keep moving.
0: A lot of what you're talking about is like um, hindsight perspective, right? You know what I mean. You're you're, the things that you've learned along the way. Totally. um, And that this idea that like, you know, I always think it's good to be passionate, but passion can burn up everything around you too. You know, so you have to be able to kind of control that that fire, have a controlled burn for whatever it is that's that's burning inside you. Um, And as we get older, hopefully, we learn better strategies to do that. And So you're talking and referring to a time of, uh, like you said, going back and forth to Minneapolis for training. And there's probably other things you could have, or maybe should have done with that money. Um, with the idea of your priorities shifting as you grow, when you look back to your younger self, is there advice or any sort of perspective you would want to offer that younger version of Mick or Nathan, uh, of like, look, man, you know, I know you think it's going to be this, but now that I'm here, I'm telling you it's that, you know, is there any sort of advice or perspective you'd want to offer your younger self based on the goals you've either accomplished or didn't accomplish or decided to pivot away from?
1: Yeah, not not that I would have listened, but I mean, I wish I'd cared less what other people said. Um, I wish I'd taken more risks and I really wish I'd leveraged any achievements that I had more. So, like when I was writing for the magazines, I wish I'd like done the book. When I was, you know, training like the pro fighters, I wish I'd leveraged that into like a a, a bigger gym, maybe. Um, maybe moved it into like a second stream of income, like some online stuff or things like that. Um, so I wish I just would have t- taken more opportunities, taken more risks. I think that would have been the main advice um because so even, some of those stuff even better you're you know,
0: doing it now with a podcast
1: right? yeah <laughs> i've been now with a podcast but some of these things you know some of those moments pass like you know uh especially if you're a, you become an early adopter on things like you should get uh, get in early and get out fairly early, <laughs> like to make the best of things um and i got in early on a lot of stuff and then didn't leverage it and then stayed it stayed in them uh, so there's quite, there's quite a few areas of life that I got in pretty early and just didn't do much with it. So um, yeah, it would have been take more risks and leverage any achievements a little bit more. Um, but then again, I've always liked people skills. So uh, none of it would probably have come through anyway. <laughs> maybe maybe done something about that. Maybe gone and got like a diagnosis for ADHD or something a bit early, you know, I don't know.
2: I can't believe this, by the way. I'm listening to this from Nathan Leviter. One of the most engaging individuals that I know to hold a conversation with one of my favorite people on the planet to hang out with. And it like, I, I, I just don't get it. Dude, if I, if I bear in mind, if I had those matinee idol looks that Nathan Leberton had, I would have left martial arts years ago. And I would, I don't know, I'd have got Henry Cavill's job or something I don't know some shit like that. With me, like my, my hobby is the advice I would give to a younger me was guess what? Mick, it ain't all that, right? That would be the one I'd give because it's the whole thing. It's like going in and like, yeah, I've taught on the biggest on the biggest shows in the UK, taught martial arts. I've always stayed true to myself. That's the one good thing that I have done. I've always known exactly what I am, which is I can tell a decent bit of a joke. As I've said before, I'm a pound man, Joe Rogan. Unfortunately, Rogan's cornered the market now and there's not that much elk to, to hunt around unfortunately so i'm pretty fucked on that one but the thing is i i know exactly now what martial arts gave me and it isn't what i thought it was going to give me yeah it finally did give me a centre, without sounding homina 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 but you know it, it gave me the best friends i've got well every friend that i've got of any value is linked tangentially or directly to martial arts my, my i met my wife through martial arts she didn't train but one of her mates did That's how we met, and like you know, what I thought I was going to get at, and I remember distinctly going, "Oh man, I'd love to be famous one day." You know, in martial arts, the problem is being famous in martial arts world, as I said before, is like being rich in Monopoly. Like what it is, it's like when you play Monopoly, it doesn't work that much in the real world. And the other thing about fame is, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer was famous. That's what people don't understand. It's like it's fame, but like as you were saying, Nathan, how do you leverage that? You know, if, if if I was looking at success financially, you know, I'm a way better plasterer. i you know, as I always say to Neil Simpkin all the time, I am the Roger Gracie of plastering, and I truly believe that. And it and it's not as cool as being able to, you know, I don't know, be, I be in MMA right now because being in MMA right now seems to be the coolest thing in the world, right? But um, again. And I don't want to put a downer on this. We haven't seen the ramifications yet of all of the damage, right? And this is all the damage that these guys have had. And that's the one piece of advice I want to give to me because guess what, I dodged it well quick. Like you got to remember, I've said, you guys heard me say this before. When everyone else was doing bunny hops in the gym, I was looking at that going, that shit is going to ruin your knees. And I remember my first karate instructor, Andy Margaret saying, why don't you bunny hop? And I went because I want to keep my knees when I'm 50. And they're all now getting knee replacements. And I'm like, yeah, big deal. And the other one is when we were doing all that reality based training. Everyone else was like, Mick, you got to get in there. And I went, look, I nearly got knocked out once. Didn't like it. Got knocked out thousands of times. And in the end, I decided, guess what? The only way to get out of that is to avoid it. You know what I mean? Do the training. It's like Nathan. I th- I heard you say it, and I think it's a John Kavanagh line. It was how to upgrade the software without ruining the hardware. I remember you saying this years ago, right? And again, I will take the fucking Pepsi challenge with nearly every 53-year-old out there who's got as many miles on the clock as me. No knee replacements yet, no joint replacements, a little bit of arthritis, as you can see, the jujitsu fingers there, don't really, that isn't very good for you. But there's a price to pay for everything. So the advice I would give is don't take yourself too seriously. Guess what? What you think you're going to get isn't really that good anyway. And what price do you prepare to pay for that? You know, there has to be more out of martial arts. You know, there's Vunak. And I can't believe I'm quoting Paul Vunak here. But it's like Paul said, he goes, if you spend 20 years of your life to do something that may or may not last any more than 20 seconds, and all you've got is that out of it you've just wasted 20 years of your life man yeah and i I know that's i know that's i i I don't want to like put a downer on it but yeah there has to be more out of it so my advice to a young McTully is exactly what i fucking did do have loads of fun don't take any of it seriously because at the end of the day you're rolling around the floor in your pajamas with your mates or spandex and both of those sound like if he is, if he for a heterosexual dude, you know what I'm saying, right? But guess what, guys? Just have fun. As you said before, Nathan, we're cosplayers, really. Yeah, you know I mean, we're LARPers. Anyway, there endeth the sermon on Mick Tully. Guess what? Enjoy life. That's it. Uh,
0: I guess I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I no, I agree with you. one of the one of the things that I was thinking trying to um like put some thoughts together on this because I mean uh, the amount of advice I'd want to give to my younger self, like Nathan, I wouldn't have followed any of it. People have been kind enough to give me sound advice my whole life. And uh, I've just always been like the amount of times I've said, I'm just the kind of person that needs to learn the hard way. Like that's a badge of honor or something. That's a stupid thing to do, but um, I kind of remain that way nevertheless. <clears throat> but I would say one of the things I would point out is that joy is actually part of this practice or it should be and it can be. And that was never a consideration of mine um, in my younger years when I was really dreaming about being a martial artist or being able to see the world through this practice or teach different people, have these different experiences, I would have never thought of joy as part of it. And at this point, it's it's the reason for my practice, it's my pursuit, um, and it's sort of the highest level in my opinion, right? It's It can be achieved on day one. That's one something that's really cool with martial art is you can find joy in this on your first day And I also believe it's the highest application of this practice. It's the highest level of black belt. Um, The idea that joy is possible through this through these experiences. It's cool. It's it's ever present. If you're lucky enough to be in an environment that's conducive to that, Um, which is sort of another thing is this sense of uh, I would, I guess what I would call victory. Having watched so many martial art movies in the 80s growing up, you know, there's always a scene at the end where Daniel LaRusso is being lifted up on people's shoulders and it's like slow motion cheering and we did it and pause for credits and it's this big, you know, Rocky throwing his fist in the air on the top of the steps in front of the museum or whatever. Um, I, I think I always I was pursuing that moment that idea this larger than life thing maybe massive ego even as a kid of like i just want to be celebrated you know but just wanting to have this sort of big win feeling and realizing now that that's never going to come that's not part of it right that that experience is something that exists in the movies and for precious few people who have to sacrifice things to achieve that, that I'm not willing or interested in sacrificing. What this has actually been about for me is relationships. And that's where the joy part exists, right? What I've gotten from this is not a sense of identity, though there is part of that, I guess, but a sense of belonging, a sense of community, a sense of chosen family, even this experience, having being able to have this show with you guys, um, having relationships with people that are another part of the world, right and that's uh for a kid that grew up where and when i did that's not a normal thing at all and to know i have friendships and relationships all over the world is definitely not something i saw coming and i think it's something that as a young person i would have been pretty excited about right that's something i would have taken to heart if i told whether it was 10 or 20 year old me hey you know just keep doing what you're doing because you're going to get to this point where you're going to be lucky enough to know people all over the world that's fucking that's beautiful, man. So I think I would have been excited about that because I definitely am now. Um, the other things would be the sense of like, I, I think I always brought to the table a, a need to prove something, whether it's to myself or other people like Nathan, you talked about worrying about what other people think and that sort of stuff. Uh, that's obviously definitely something I've struggled with throughout my life. And the sense of a needing to prove something. Um, one thing I've learned about that is it's not that you don't have to prove anything to yourself you're great or you don't have to prove anything to other people who cares it's just that whole dynamic doesn't really exist there's i'm never going to prove something to someone else because people are just busy doing their own thing they're busy trying to prove something to their self they're busy with their own neuroses and their own priorities their own goals or whatever people aren't just this is something i get from rick fay of like At one point, I know he told me, like, you might be surprised to know that not everyone in the room is sitting there watching you, you know, like nobody's nobody cares, you know, that's not part of the equation here. It's part of your vantage point. Fine. Right. It's part of your perspective. But the fact is, it doesn't have to be. And that can very much get in the way. And for me, it really got in the way. And I went down some dark roads and did some things that in hindsight, I'm glad I had some of the training and experiences that I did. But when I was told by people who cared about me, hey, you don't have to go down this road, they certainly were right, you know, and again, I needed to learn the hard way. But having done that, I would give uh, I would guide my younger self in a different way than I than I went, you know, self defense, for example, is pretty relative to your lifestyle, but for the one or two hypothetical things that might happen to anybody at random. But you know, how good are you at we want to be jason Bourne. you walk into the room and you know who's the the bad guy in the room like i'm going to like a a diner having eggs with my kids it's not really a thing you know like there's there's no you know secret spy assassin in here waiting to take i don't need to have that level of input um to live where i live and when i live and keeping things contextual is probably more healthy and just understanding that like this is an opportunity you have we get to train and that's a pretty great thing. And just continuing to like live in that space, I think, is is a good recipe going forward.
2: The joy, the joy thing, man. That's that's the one thing that you we we do forget every now and again. And it was like you were saying, it, it, it's funny because uh, I don't have to sustain in or not. You can if you want to. There's a guy hit he hit me up years ago to help him on a mentoring program that he's got. And he's a really, really good guy. And his mentoring programs, like it's a great mentoring program. But when I looked at it at first, I wasn't, re- nowadays I jump into it, but at the time I wasn't because it felt a bit too come by Irish for me. You know what I mean? Where I just thought it's a load of dudes sitting around, like, you know, hugging it all out and stuff. And then I see how much work he's done. And then randomly I get another message from this guy. Uh, but, uh, it just came up and I went, I recognise the name. It was only when I went through the messages that I realised who it was. He turned up training on Monday night and it was like he said, uh, sorry, Tuesday night. And he turned up and he said to me, he goes, he goes, Mick, I had to pull over in the car and get sick. And I went, really? Why? He went, just the the anticipation of going in there. And like, came in, we had a really good time. Did some car, he did some JKD, did some grappling. I've never done any grappling before. I said, you'll be fine, you'll be cool. Hit some pads at the end of it. As he was coming out the door, I said, how do you feel? And he went, I want to get sick now. But I want to get sick with excitement. He said, I just cannot believe. Because I kept saying to him, I said, dude, what are you? And I, so you know me, I walk past, I hit people with a padded stick and I said, well, tell me you're a savage. And I said, tell me you're a savage. And I hit them across the and said, I'm a savage, Mick. And, we go, and then he came out of it and, he, and I went, listen, mate, now you're able to handle 90, 99.9% of the shit that's going to get thrown out of you at, Out there now, and he was like, "I just had no idea," and that was after two hours, and like the the look of joy on his face, and it was literally, it was like you know when you switch, you turn a switch on with somebody, and they realise that it's actually there. And I went, "Look, mate, don't delude yourself." Will, let's find out. No, let's never find out if it actually worked. I said, "This is the anti-lock braking system in your car." The minute you have to find out if that works, you've got bigger fucking problems than your brakes, mate. You know what I mean? And he was like, oh, wow. But as you were saying it, Kurt, about the joy thing, we do forget that. And and then you have to, and again, I'm dead lucky. because I have none of the financial responsibilities. I turn up, I rent the space in Coventry. I teach at Gracie Barra Birmingham. Yeah, I get paid to do this. You know, that's the one thing, you know, I'm dead lucky in that respect but yeah, yeah man, it was
0: my, the joy part, not everybody, you know, like jobs with that. Not everybody feels that, or, or thinks that matters, or, you know, probably maybe have a negative opinion of it. And I understand that that's fine. You know, martial arts are valuable enough that everybody kind of takes all kinds and gives to everybody. Um, but I do think, you know, we were talking off air about this sort of like hindsight in the moment you know imagining if you're on your deathbed what you would think about or say to yourself right now you know that 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 as a thought experiment and i think if all of my training had always been and it always remained about um you know like real like critical event skill development and real violence and just really getting deep into that the you know, predator mindset stuff and psychology of violence and all these different things that still fascinate me, um, but more recreationally, I guess. If I had stayed too deep down that path, I feel like I'd look back and go, oh no, I never had this massive violent altercation thing that happened and so like, it was all for nothing. You know, so best case scenario is you utilize these super skills or whatever, you know, which means something terrible has happened, right? Something really, really terrible has happened. That's best case scenario as far as justifying all that time spent in training those things, or worst case scenario is you wasted all of that time because you were training something that wasn't really relevant to, to your life experiences, where if joy had always been part of it and you were able to pick up those skills along the way because you enjoyed the practice, then in hindsight, you'd go, I had a life of joy and X, Y, Z did, or didn't happen along the way.
2: Kurt, you just said something, as you were saying it, my brain just went to a completely different place. It's exactly the same mindset as the guy who's worked all his life, paid all his taxes, paid into his pension, and p- pensions off at 65, 67 dies at 68. And, sure. it, and it, but it's the truth, right? And it's the okay. whole thing. So uh, and it's that, you know, it's the mindset of, you know, have I got, is it scarcity or is it abundance? Well,
0: this has been uh, a great catch up with you guys. You know, it's been a little while since we did one of these. So hopefully we'll continue to do more um, frequently going forward. I know for me personally, uh, not to be too on the nose, but having a show like this and having conversations like this that we can share with other people has genuinely always been a goal of mine and a dream of mine. Uh, so it's, it's um, you know, it's it's funny in this moment to realize like, hey, here we are talking about goals and this conversation is me achieving a goal, which is pretty cool. So um appreciate you guys being a part of the show and to everyone who who listens and supports. Um, thank you for that. If you are a regular listener of the show, please let people know that we're out here. Um, that we, a, I think an interesting program in the martial art world where we're, we're sharing um, some introspection and some perspectives and trying to just generate good conversation about what this practice is for so many different people all over the world, um, hence the name world of martial art. It's not just about all the different styles in the world, but it's about all of the different um, people and places and ideas that exist in this practice all over the planet. So. Um, let your friends know, and you can check us out on YouTube and obviously wherever you find podcasts, social media, uh, individually and for the show itself. And we will see you for the next one. Thanks guys.
1: Sports social podcast
2: network.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time.